Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 166. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary here with today's episode where we will break down the Aaron Rodgers trade to the New York Jets, specifically with the comments from Joe Douglas yesterday. We'll get into what he had to say. We will also do any final NFL draft thoughts. This week is the NFL draft. I am pumped up. More info on all that. We'll get into it. We'll do your voicemails. But before all of that, cue the NFL draft sounder, baby. The NFL draft is here. And the most exciting prospect is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head to toe with our friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped has had long elite downfield play. With the lawnmower 4.0, but in 2023, rookie sensation, the Beard Hedger, is here to take their game to the next level. This one-two punch of men's grooming is the best acquisition for any at-home GM. Make sure to pick yourself up one with my discount code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure you use it, and it is the best thing you will do today. I promise you that. Thank you so much. I appreciate the love and support there. Let's hop into today's episode. Let's get into Joe Douglas, where he spoke with the media yesterday, and he talked about what it was like finalizing the the deal, coming to the conclusion that Aaron Rodgers was going to be a New York Jet. So just hilarious story in case you you missed it. Uh, They've had so much time to do this. And of course, it was on my way. I was driving to uh, pick up my girlfriend at work. She works in Melville. We're going to go out to dinner to celebrate my birthday because couldn't go on Friday because I, I went to the the Islander game uh, and then just had a bunch of other you know stuff going on. So we were going to go out and celebrate on Monday. was going to be the big birthday dinner. And, of course, the Rogers deal breaks. So I pull over. I do my video on the side of the road. Calls, texts, notifications, DMs, just going absolutely nuts. So funny. Such such a good time and so much fun. So I'm glad that we were able to go. But uh, yeah, Joe Douglas, finally, they come to the agreement. For those of you who do not know, it is a pick swap in the first round. The Jets get pick 15. They are giving up pick 13. Uh, and they are receiving a 2023 fifth round pick, pick 170. As for the New York Jets, again, they're giving up pick 13, 42 this year. A sixth round pick, pick 207. And a conditional 2024 pick, which becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. So more than likely, it will be a first-round pick next year. That is just to save yourself from injury. And I know that one bothers some people. I don't necessarily understand why. I would have been completely okay with giving up the the first-rounder. And I am okay with giving up the first-rounder. To me, the one thing that I didn't want to do was go through this NFL draft without a first rounder this year and a second rounder this year and guess what they still are picking they acquired Aaron Rodgers and they will still have a top 15 pick and they will still have a pick in the second round that is a top 50 pick that is more than enough for Joe Douglas to figure this out Um, is it a touch more than we originally thought that the trade was going to be yeah I guess so but is it really all that drastic not really it's not a huge difference from where we thought uh, we were going to be uh, Joe Douglas. Something that was interesting that he came across uh, and, and said was uh, that one, this is a long time coming, which of course it's been months of this, uh, but the the deal isn't 100% finalized. And what I think he's talking about is he's Rogers is expected to sign a new deal. And according to Connor, uh, I almost said Connor Rogers, Connor Hughes, excuse me. 
according to Connor Hughes, it is going to be a very team-friendly deal uh, and one that could help the Jets out over the next few years. And they anticipate, they being the New York Jets, are anticipating that Aaron Rodgers will be here for more than one year. You don't give up this package if you don't agree. And uh, I, I know you have the fear of, oh, it was 90% out the door. Mm, I don't know how much I buy that, that he was 90% retired uh, going into the darkness retreat and now is, uh, then was 10% and that suddenly switched and now he wants to go scorched earth. Uh, but moral of the story, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback in this 2023 uh, New York Jets team, which is just wild to me, absolutely wild to me. Uh, something else that he mentions, which I think is worthwhile to bring up here as well, why the Jets don't think that Aaron Rodgers is on the decline and why they want this to be a couple-year thing. He mentions the injury last year. So while his numbers were not MVP level that they were the two years prior, they were fine. And then if any Jet quarterback put that up ever, we'd be happy. Or if a Jets quarterback put those exact numbers up last year, they are a playoff team. He it was he did it with a broken thumb. He was playing with a busted thumb last year, uh, and he cites the MVPs the two years prior in 2020 and 2021 as, "Hey, this guy's still pretty damn good." And maybe maybe it's unfair for me or any Jet fan to expect the kind of numbers he put up as a uh, as an MVP, but like I, I don't think it's going to be a, an exact replica of the stats that we saw in 2022. His bad season in 2022 was a 64-6 completion percentage, uh, just about 3,700 yards. It was 36-95, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 217.4 yards per game, a 91-1 rating. Uh, the two years prior, he threw 37 touchdowns, four interceptions, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, and had a 121.5 rating, which led the league, and then last year, 111.9 rating, which led the league. He also led the league in QBR those two years prior as well. If he is 75% that, the Jets are going to win a lot of football games. And that's why they made this move. Is And that's why they're not necessarily worried about the, the assets that they've given up. And what myself and a lot of other Jets fans and creators have been talking about is if there's ever a time where you could feel comfortable freeing up or, or moving on from some assets, it would be now after you had three picks in the first round last year. You had two picks in the first round the year before that. You had, what, seven top 40 picks in the last two years? And you'll add one more. If you want to make it top 50, it'll be nine top 50 picks in three years. If you can't build the core with that, it's not good. And yeah, there are misses in there. Obviously, Zach Wilson, miss Elijah Moore's not on the team anymore. Now you got an asset out of it, and it helped you in the Aaron Rodgers deal. But you're adding a couple of more draft picks, which I guess you know we're going to get into here in a second. Um, with what you could expect for the Jets to do, you know, in the NFL draft later this week. People say, oh, the Jets still have so many holes on this team. And they're not gaping holes. They could use some tweaks, but that's, you still have the draft and some later points of free agency. Quan Alexander's still sitting outside over there. You could, you could add him to be linebacker three. Al Woods is a you know a run stopping interior defender that you could sign late. You know in the last couple of years the Jets added Dwayne Brown very late in the offseason. They added Morgan Moses late in the offseason. You can find guys 
later that could have an impact on your team. And you still have a draft and an undrafted free agency class to put yourself through. So let's not like make any declarative statements on the state of this Jets roster yet when you haven't gone through the NFL draft. You haven't even done that. But as it as it stands now, Jets were a seven-win team with a very similar roster a year ago. With the worst, with the worst quarterback play in the NFL. Their defense allowed 18 points. Was 18.6 points per game? I want to find the exact numbers because there was a great tweet. Rogers record under 20 points. When his defense is under 20 points, it's it's basically they're basically unstoppable. It's it's something that you should get yourself excited about because obviously, uh, you know that's something that's going to be talked about is how how this Jets defense uh, is going to be able to uh, compete to what like what it was last year. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers went 80 and 10 with the Packers when they allowed fewer than 20 points. 80 and 10. The Jets allowed 18.6 points per game last year. Am I going to expect an insane pace like that? Probably not. But moral story is the Jets are going to be able to score now. Like, even if it's league average, if they're scoring league average points, league average is about 22 points a game. If the Jets scored 22 points a game, they're an 11-win team last year. They won seven games because their offense was abysmal. You have a new OC. You have a new quarterback. You have weapons. I'm excited to watch it. I'm so glad that it's finally, as I said, it's finally over. So now we kind of just enjoy it a little bit. But there are, are still you know, some discussions on it. But Joe Douglas is happy, and I think he should be, but his week is not anywhere close to being done. So that's what the second part of this open that I want to get into here is final NFL draft thoughts. So they move back. The Jets are picking at 15. Uh, They still have a pick in the second round, pick number 43. They don't have a third rounder. Um, They have a fourth and two fifths. Uh, No sixth rounder, no seventh rounder. So, uh, The Jets still have, as we mentioned, some holes to fill. Jumping out to me, I did a video yesterday talking about targets for the Jets at 15. I still think offensive tackle would be a target there. I just think we can kiss the dream of Paris Johnson or Peter Skaronsky being available. Goodbye. I I think it was probably, it would have been a stretch for them to be there at 13. Now this is, this feels like almost impossible, right? That they're going to, that one of those guys will make it all the way to 15. There was an outside chance for one of those guys at 13. Uh, and Broderick Jones felt like most likely scenario at 13. If you ask most people, uh, they would say Broderick Jones, most likely scenario. There's a chance that he could still be there at 15. But my guess, and again, this is just purely guess speculation. If the Jets stay at pick 15, I think Darnell Wright, the tackle from uh, uh, Tennessee, would be the would be the pick there. He's a, a right tackle. Supposedly the plan... All along has been Makai to come back and play on the left side. You have Dwayne Brown still around. Uh, And if you wanted to draft a right tackle, a pure right tackle, that's what right is. He would compete with Max Mitchell in that scenario for the the starting job. I think he would win the starting job. Uh, He's someone who I could think could could come in and play right away. Is he ever going to be like an all-pro level right tackle? Probably not. But I think he's a high floor kind of player. I think he's someone who can come in and just be steady presence on that right side of the offensive line for a long time. And there is uh, there is value in that. But if they didn't want to go that direction, one of the other positions that I reference here 
is interior defensive line. Could they go Kalaja Kansi in the first round? I, my preference again is to go uh, is to go offensive line, but it would be really hard for me to sit here and be upset with you on draft night if that ends up being the pick. If for whatever reason the Jets call Kalaja's name at pick fifteen, uh, it's going to be hard for me to get mad at because uh, just the, the scary thought of him playing next to Quinn and Williams and you know everybody that they got on the edge rotating through, I think it could be deadly. I think it really could. And you know now you have a second-round pick. You still have one of the second-round picks, and most people penciled in center, so I'll kind of combine these two together here. You bring back Connor McGovern. I don't think you're taking a center at pick 43 anymore. Uh, that's no longer as pressing of a need. Now can you wait and maybe take a day three guy that you want to sit and develop for a year? Sure. But I don't think you're doing, you necessarily have to do that at 43. You can now maybe pivot and go into your defensive line. Maybe you go wide receiver at that point. Um, you know, but center doesn't feel like it's as pressing of an issue because you bring back Connor McGovern. Again, is McGovern a long term answer? No, but he's a hell of a lot more healthier than Ben Jones. Uh, and there's no longer that dire, dire need to bring somebody in. But I, I would still look at safety and linebacker needing depth there. They don't really have a linebacker three on the roster. I don't like the idea of Jordan Whitehead and uh, Chuck Clark being your starting safety duo. I think that they are both very similar players and both are better suited as strong safeties. So my my thing would be get someone who is more of your prototypical deep safety, whether that is moving back. Hell, maybe you trade 43 back slide back and pick up a third round pick. We've seen Joe Douglas move around in that second round before he traded up last year for Brees Hall. He traded back and drafted Denzel Mims in 2020. Uh, it would not be shocking to see the Jets try to move around uh, a, a little bit in the draft. Now, I don't think they're trading out of 15. I know that's uh, a common thing saying, oh, just trade back. And while uh, sure, there's always, you know, trade back, get more picks is is fun and well, but who? Like you need a, a partner to complete the trade with, and I'm not sure who is going to want to trade up for 15 to 15 and for what. Maybe I mean they, uh, Joe Douglas has uh, certainly surprised me on draft night in the past. It wouldn't be the the most surprising thing, but I just I would think more than likely now after you move back the two spots in the Packers trade, I think you're going to stay put. I think you're taking Darnell right, but still. Center depth probably could use some linebacker and safety could absolutely use defense interior defensive line, uh, possibly wide receiver. But the more and more this goes on, I think it's likely that, you know, Corey Davis is just ends up coming back and is the fourth wide receiver with Michael Hardman, Alan Lazard and Garrett Wilson. It's not a wide receiver core to sneeze at. It's a it's a talented bunch. You have Conklin. Uh, Uzama and Rucker at tight end. Maybe the Jets, I mean, the hell, they visit with a ton of different tight ends. Maybe they want to draft another one. I kind of don't want them to go that route, to be honest with you, but I'm excited for this NFL draft. And, and you should be too. We're going live for it. For the fourth year in a row, myself, Ryan, and Greenbean will be going live on Jets Talk 24-7's channel. So make sure to be ready for all three days of the NFL draft live stream. Uh, also be sure to follow along with us on the new channel, the talking jets YouTube channel. It's not, it's, it's live in the sense that it's created, but we're not moving our content over there until we return in July for training camp. We're going to do the NFL draft, the fallout of the draft over where we have been on jets talk 24 seven. 
And then when we come back, it'll be moved over to the Talking Jets YouTube channel. So be sure to be uh, subscribed there. Without further ado, let's hop into those voicemails. First up, let's go out to Alex in Virginia. Wants to talk about pivoting draft strategy. Okay, cool. Let's do it. What's going on, Matt O'Leary? This is Alex from Radford, Virginia. Calling in with a draft question for you. Sure. So, of course, it is Monday when I'm calling, and the news is broke that we re-signed Connor McGovern. Most likely being our starting center next year, I'm perfectly fine with that. Connor McGovern is solid. But this raises a question with our second-round pick because I think a lot of us Jet fans, you included, I definitely know, are big fans of John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. Now, I don't know if that's a necessity. I was big on the idea of number 13 pick, we take the best offensive tackle available. And then with our second-round pick, we take John Michael Schmitz forward to be our starting center. But now I think you can kind of pivot to one of the later-round picks and get a more developmental center and wait for another year as Connor McGovern is a more veteran presence, and he's ready to play now. But that raises the question for an interesting prospect, in my opinion, for a potential pick with our second-round pick, because I do know one of them is going to go to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So I am curious. With our second-round pick, now, of course, we already know that our defense is going to be stout next year. But what if we add on to that a little bit, specifically into the cornerback room? I know we got our guy, Soft Gardner, absolutely phenomenal player, going to be a lockdown corner for next 10 to 15 years. DJ Reed, one hell of a player. And Michael Carter, the second, he's good, but I think we maybe could do better. I want to get your opinion if Georgia cornerback Keely Ringo who I've seen is falling on a lot of people's draft board out of the first round. If he was available with our second-round pick, would you consider taking him? Now, I know we have other needs. We need safety. We need some interior defensive line help. But I got to say, the idea of our starting three corners being Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and Keely Ringo, that is that scares me, and I'm a Jets fan. I feel like that would be absolutely dominant potential out of those three. I wouldn't be mad if they went a different direction and Ringo was still there, but I'm just saying it's something to consider. What do you think, man? Hope you're ready for the draft. I'm Ant. I can't wait to watch you, Ryan, and Green Bean stream. And as always, go Jets. Thank you. I'm excited for that stream as well. It's a lot that goes in. It's a long three days. I think we stream for it's probably pretty close to 24 hours in the three days that we're live on the air. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a blast though. I love it. And for those who hang out with us every year for it, it's an absolute blast. Uh, I agree with the first part where you're saying that, you know, center probably no longer as much of a pressing need. 100% agree with you there where you lose me is Ringo. I, I think the, the last, probably the last position I am worried about on this football team is corner. They have five corners that have had starting experience in the NFL right now on the roster and for relatively cheap outside of DJ Reed, who they paid. Sauce Gardner, cheap deal. He's on his rookie deal. Michael Carter II on his rookie deal. One of the, one of the emerging better slot corners in the game. Beyond that, you have Brandon Eccles on his rookie deal and Bryce Hall on his rookie deal. The the person you bring up for Ringo replacing Michael Carter II is your is your slot corner. Ringo's too big to play in the slot. 
He's a long, lanky outside corner. And I guess you could say, well, we move DJ Reed inside and play the slot. But Reed has been significantly better as an outside corner in his career. Corner, uh, no, I would not go corner. I would much rather go in the second round. Defense, interior defensive line, safety, linebacker, um, maybe wide receiver. I, I really don't think the corner, as I mentioned, corner is so far down the totem pole. Um, and just Ringo isn't, isn't a fit for what the Jets need. They don't need another outside corner. They're good at outside corner. They have holes elsewhere. And I think it's important, especially early on, because you don't have as many picks. You only have five picks, but you got to be able to find guys early in the first few rounds that are going to have immediate impact. And I don't think that's what Ringo would do for this team. Let's go to Will calling in from Dallas. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. Uh, it's Will calling from Dallas. I'm a little sick, so bear with me. I start to lose my Feel better. coughing. Um, trade with Aaron Rodgers just went through. Um, obviously, I'm sure that's what most of the show is about. Most of the call-ins, most of what your monologue is about. But I just wanted to give my two cents. I Everyone's really upset that I've seen for the most part, at least. I'd say 80% of the, the stuff I've seen is people upset saying the Packers won, Packers won. I don't, I don't know that they did. They, they moved up two spots in the draft. I don't know how much value that is on, uh, on the draft chart, but it's, it's fine by me. A second round pick, we all knew that was going to be included. And then a second round pick next year. And if Rodgers plays 65% of snaps, it turns into a first. I'm saying if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of snaps, what is that pick going to be? 26 at the worst? Probably. Somewhere between 26 and 32? I don't think we lose a playoff game. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. I don't think we lose our first playoff game. I don't think that that's a possibility, really, with Aaron Rodgers, unless we, we play, like, the Chiefs in the first round. I don't think we lose a game to the Patriots now this year. I think we sweep. I don't know. I think we have a solid, I'll say, 12-5, and 13-4, and four, something like that. What is, what is that pick worth to you? What is pick 26 through 32 really worth to you? To not get this deal done, you're willing to stand your ground and not get this deal done based on basically a second round pick at that point outside of the extra year control with the fifth year option. I mean, come on. Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP. We're contenders now. Let's just be excited he's here. It's, I mean, in my mind, it's two seconds and a pick swap. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts and as always, Coach Ed. Yeah, I think it's crazy that someone's like, oh my god, they gave up the um, clutch my pearls that they're going to have to give up a first round pick next year. As I said in the open, man, if there was ever a time where you could afford to give up a, a, a pick, it's after you've taken five guys in the first round over the last two years, or at that point, it'll be six in three years, unless they move up or down or whatever in order to, uh, in order to get additional draft capital, but it'll probably be, it'll probably end up being six in three years. And as you said, that's what, pick 25 to 32, you're hoping? 
And if he's if the the rebuttal is, oh, what if he gets what if he gets hurt and they go like four and twelve? Well, if he gets hurt, then he's then he's it's gonna be less. It's it, he's gonna play less than sixty five percent of the snaps. So then you're sending I don't know pick thirty seven instead. I'm not worried about it. They needed for this to happen. It's about exactly what most of us thought, except the only con- the only thing was we thought maybe the, the first round pick would be based off some other sort of condition. Where it wasn't 65%. Where it was if he's on the roster in 24 or whatever. I'm fine with the compensation. You move back two spots in the draft. There are still ways to attack the NFL draft at pick 15 versus pick 13. I'm not crying over that value difference is like a late third round pick between picking 13 and 15. So be it. Find your guy. We like Joe Douglas. Fans like Joe Douglas. I get it. Rightfully so. He's as good of a GM as most Jeff fans think. He'll find his guy. That's what he gets paid the big bucks to do. Figure it out. You landed your quarterback and you move, you didn't lose your first round pick this, this year. You moved back two spots. I, I'm with you. It's, I think it's a little bit crazy. I don't think the Jets... Fully, I think both sides did pretty well for themselves in this. Are we allowed to say that? That it worked out for both teams? That you're going to move... That for Green Bay, you get the second, which, no duh, we knew that was happening. You move up a couple spots in the draft, and then you're probably getting a first-round pick next year. Okay, good. Great. That's what most people thought it was going to be. Most realistic people thought it was going to be somewhere around there. Let's go to, thank you, Will, again, for calling in. Let's go to Andrew. He's calling in from the Bronx. All right, let's do it. Matt, what's up? Uh, calling in again. This is my second time calling. Andrew from the Bronx. Um, talked about you. Uh, talked about season tickets last time. Okay. Definitely going to say this off the top. I'll definitely, I don't know if I'm going to be getting season tickets or not and join my family. But what I will say is I'm definitely going to be there opening day uh, like you are to see Rodgers. There mean, you go. It's going to be Monday Night Football, September 11th in New York City versus the Giants. I mean, that's the hope. If the NFL and Roger Goodell have any common sense, they'll put the Jets versus the Giants opening night. I mean, that would be oh, that'd be awesome to see. I mean, absolutely awesome to see. And we've done well against the Giants the last couple of times. So true. And my Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, my question is this, and I'm sure this is going to be the topic of conversation after the Rodgers trade compensation, compensation, compensation. Did we give up too much? That's what everyone's going to be talking about. I'm sure you're going to make a video about it because of course you have to talk about how, how this works out. How, how do the Jets, look at what they just gave up. But in my opinion, let's look at other teams that have made trades like this to put a quarterback on their team to go win a Super Bowl, go not be a playoff team, be a championship team. The Rams, the Broncos, uh, the Buccaneers. I mean, that wasn't a trade, but similar situation. Those teams are now in complete dismay. I mean, look at the Broncos. Look at the Rams. Look at the Buccaneers. They are almost every one of those teams are in the bottom of their division. And I have a feeling that the Jets aren't going to be in this position. I mean, even if we go out and win the Super Bowl, it's not like the year after we have no picks at all. We still have plenty of picks. Joey D can still make trades, and we have a ton of young talent. 
We still have the 15th overall pick this year. We still have a second overall pick this year. Okay. And next year, I'm sure we can work something out. And people are going to say, oh, did we give up too much for a first round pick? Hey, if everything goes according to plan, like we all think, like we all know this team can, can do with a guy like Rogers, they're not going to be picking number 15, number 13, number three, number two, number six. That's not going to happen. There's going to be number 29, hopefully, hopefully number 32. That'd be nice. But that's what I want to say. I want to say, listen, I'm not too upset. I'm really not too upset because we're still in a position to build and, and re-up guys, and especially now that Rodgers on the team, if he comes and plays another year, I know I'm looking too much in the future, but who's to say he doesn't bring in more people? The Jets have an awesome fucking season next year. I'm, I'm, I... uh, he got cut off there at the end, but I think the point that he was trying to make you know, hits home. And to me, even if... Let's say they have the two, three-year window, some, something like that with Rodgers, and they stink after that. Who cares? If they want a Super Bowl, like the Rams want a Super Bowl, the Bucks want a Super Bowl, who cares? It doesn't matter at that point because you won. You're going for it, and you freaking won. They've tried to build the right way. You have to build through the draft, and they unfortunately missed on Sam Darnold. They missed on Zach Wilson, and they had to get creative and go a different route. And if it works and you win a championship out of it, great. Joe Douglas is getting a statue built for him. The whole thing. Robert Sala gets a, you know, everything. It's worth it. Rather than just kicking the can down the, down the line and you have the longest, it's, it's enough is enough. And then. Most of you guys get it, but there's still some. It's like, this is the worst decision the Jets could have made. It pushed them back five years. What, what a load of garbage that is. Pushed them back five years from what? They have the longest active playoff drought in all the four major sports. All of them. And, like, just supposed to be, oh, now they try to acquire, and they do acquire Aaron Rodgers. And you're going to have a couple year window probably where you're relevant and competing and who knows, winning playoff games and maybe win a Super Bowl. And then after you go back to being not so great for a couple years. And once again, like if you really believe in Joe Douglas, then he should be able to have a plan when this is over. I don't know. I have no issue with for them putting their chips to the table and going for it because they tried to draft with Zach Wilson did not work. Tried the draft with Sam Darnold, did not work. Had Hackenberg, gross, in 2016, did not work in the second round. 2015 was Bryce Petty, developmental pick, never worked. Gino took him a decade before it started to work in the NFL. Mark Sanchez was working. Things went off the rails a little bit as he never really took that, that final step and then ended up progressing. They went the veteran route. And by the way, like, oh, what if it ends like Brett Favre? That'd be disappointing, but is 2008 to 2011 not the best four-year stretch the Jets have had in most of our lifetimes? Like, I'm I'm 28. Most of fans around my age, 30 and younger, the best point, the best part of their fandom is 09 and 10. And 08 was a big part of that. A lot of those guys came in that year. Alan, that was Alan Fanica's first year. Uh, that might have been Damian Woody's first year also. I think it was. 
Calvin Pace was that year. Like they brought in some vets and that was the start of them getting that thing going in the right direction. So I'm all about it. I'm not I'm not here for any negativity on it. Let's go to Max from New Jersey. He wants to talk about if the Jets should target DeAndre Hopkins. Hi, this is uh, Max from Holman, New Jersey, and here's my thoughts on it. Jets, 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 we finally got Aaron Rodgers, who's the best quarterback we've had in 30 years. And I'm so excited for Aaron Rodgers. We have such a lethal offense, but I think the Jets should get DeAndre Hopkins. And here's the reason why I think, because, you know, we have Garrett Wilson, we have Alan Lazard, we have a good receiving core, but... If you want, if you want to be an elite receiving corner in the NFL, we should get DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs have a like legit receiving core. They have a, the best receiving core in the league. The Chiefs I mean, do. We can't have. We can always have more wide receivers. I mean, we get rid of Denzel Mims. I mean, he's been horrible in three years. Reports that came out that the coaches don't like Mims. They rub. They're up in the wrong way. We get rid of Denzel Mims. We get DeAndre Hopkins, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL, and D Hop. By the way, I want to trade out from the Cardinals. So we we got DeAndre Hopkins. Then our offense is going to be D-Hop, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and Lazard. Best, best offense in the NFL. What's your thoughts on it? And go to I love the optimism there. I don't know if they would be the best offense in the NFL, but they'd be one of the better offenses in the NFL. Uh, I'm not opposed to going after DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I, it depends on what it's going to cost to uh, acquire him. Uh, they don't have a third round pick right now. If they were to move back and fl- and you know you know you acquire a third and then that third goes to for to Arizona for Hopkins, like I don't know if I want to give up that second rounder for that first or second rounder to do it. I think it would be something similar to what Brandon Cooks got traded for because um, he needed his deal redone. And uh, I I don't think it's very likely. I would love it but I don't think it's super likely that's where he ends up. Uh, just hope it doesn't end up in, in Buffalo uh, or New England. But I, I'd be surprised if DeAndre Hopkins ends up becoming a New York Jet, but I think it'd be cool. If you're able to make it work, then yeah, adding more weapons for for Rodgers and you, you improve that receiver room, absolutely. Uh, but I do think that there's probably a pretty good chance now at this point that your top four receivers are... Uh, Lazard in no order, but Wilson, Lazard, Davis, and Michael Hardman. I think you can make that work. Let's close out with Joe from Florida. Joe, what do you got? Hey, Matt, this is Joe from Florida. Um, this Aaron Rodgers thing is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm I very excited, and I cannot wait for this season to start. But I'm seeing so much hype for this team that I, it's just strange to me. It's not only coming from the Jet fandom, it's coming from – ESPN, NFL Network, whatever else, they're talking about the Jets are one of the best teams in the AFC, that their Super Bowls are bust, basically. And on paper, they, they probably are. I mean, they have a very, very talented roster, and they were really only a quarterback away last year, and then we now have that quarterback. But they didn't perform well under pressure, you know? Like, what big game did the Jets win last year under pressure? They didn't win any big games under pressure. The big, big games that they won last year was Buffalo, Miami. You know, it was a great comeback in Cleveland. You know, they won some great games. But at that time, they didn't have any expectations. The second the bye week ended, they had expectations to not only be a team that's kind of hovering around the wild card, if they turn into a team that's a favorite to just be a lock for the playoffs, 
and actually have a decent run in the playoffs. And when the lights were on brightest, they didn't get it done. They lost like, what, six games in a row to end the season? I don't know. It's just hard for me to say that a team is going to be one of the best in the AFC if they have yet to prove that they can actually perform under the bright lights, especially under a coach that hasn't proved that either. So, I mean, am I just Am I jaded? Yes. <laughs> am I wrong here? Like, what's your opinion on that? I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, thank you for the call. And I understand your concern. I would say Buffalo was a big win at the time. Absolutely was a big win at the time. Um, they were, what was their record at, at that point? Four and three. And then they improved to five and three after that. I'm pulling up the, the schedule now. Uh, no, they were five and three, and that win brought them to six and three. That was absolutely a big win. A divisional game at home. That's huge. That, that was a huge win. And then after that, I, I get it. In the losing streak, they they didn't, you know, play well. But they here's the uh, the number of points they scored during their losing streak: 22, 12, 17, 3, 6, 6. Let's look at the last one, two, three, four, five, five games. How many times next year do you think they are scoring 12, 17, 3, 6, and 6 points? Probably not nearly as much as what they did last year with Chris Strebler, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White playing. Their defense in those losses, where they put up 12, 17, 3, 6, and 6, 20, 20, 19, 23, and 11 points. Twice. During that stretch, they allowed fewer than 19 points. Four out of the five games, they've allowed they allowed 20 points or less. That should be enough to win you games. It should, and but that's what I would point to is is the quarterback. And you can't compare last year to this year when the biggest you're going from the worst quarterback situation in the NFL to obviously not the best, but a, a very improved option, a massively improved option. They won seven games with the worst quarterback play in the league. And they were alive in the playoff race through week 17 last year with the worst quarterback play in the league. I know it's different to have expectations for this team, but it's warranted for good reason. I'm not saying that they're guaranteed to to win anything, that they're guaranteed to win a Super Bowl, but they are more than likely going to break their playoff drought, which is the longest in all of sports. And they're going to be relevant in 2023. Something they haven't been in a very, very long time. You are rooting for a relevant team. I think that's how we're going to close out episode 166 of Just Jets. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time.